0: as we pray, you guys are going to pray along with me, okay? Ready, set, okay. You guys can pray silently, but I'm going to pray, and you guys ask the Lord to open your heart, because if you don't want Him to speak to you, you're not going to have to listen, okay? So let's ask Him right now. Go go ahead and stand up, and let's pray to Him. Father, we're so excited about what you're going to do in this building and through the people in this building this semester. And we just know that greater things are yet to come on this campus. And we're asking for an overflow of your Holy Spirit power through the people in this room, onto this campus, and into the w- this world. And that there would be reverberations, echoes of what you what you did in fall 2018 that would last for eternity. So Lord, just thank you for the, all, all my friends here and, and the new people who are who are here tonight. And we're asking for your grace on us as we open up your word and understand what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, if you don't have a Bible, Mr. Matt will give you one. It's important that you have a Bible because going to a Bible study without a Bible is like going to calculus without your textbook. So, we're, uh, a couple weeks ago when we got back from Japan, I asked you guys about the Lord's Prayer, and I mentioned it again last week. You guys remember what we call the Lord's Prayer is actually the Lord's, uh, p- the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught his people to pray, and he starts th- that prayer by teaching us to say, our Father who's in heaven, hol- hallowed be your name. Would your name be made holy in this world? Would it be made, would it be honored in this world? And then the next thing he prays is, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. What Jesus is praying for is that, his, what Jesus is teaching us to pray for is that his kingdom would be established on this planet the way that it is in heaven. Everything in the universe happens according to the God's perfect plan, but on this planet, he's allowed things to happen that contradict what he originally planned. Now, that's his plan in itself, but there's, there, he's allowed rebellion to happen on this planet, but he is inviting people to come into his kingdom and he's asking us to pray that his kingdom will come. And, of course, last week we looked for a, uh, for a minute at uh, Revelation, in Revelation where we read where it says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of Christ. So there is a point coming in the future where Jesus gets what he deserves and we get the answer to what we're praying for, where this, the kingdoms of darkness are obliterated and Jesus is ultimately king of this planet. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever thought about that before, but we, we looked then last week at Joshua 1, how the, God's got a plan for this people group, the Israelites, to go into a geographic area that is now the Middle East, called well, now it's called Israel, this promised land area, to take the land, because from that little piece of property, God had a plan that he was going to establish, he was going to start to establish his kingdom. But his plan was never to just establish his kingdom there in Israel, his plan was to to establish his kingdom among that people group in that land so that his kingdom would be established on this whole planet. Okay? You guys remember that? That's what we talked about last week. Joshua 1. And and what we what we took for ourselves from that is in the same way that Joshua was headed into the land to take the land for God's kingdom, we're headed into UTA to take UTA for God's kingdom. We are claiming UTA campus and the people on the campus for Jesus. And, of course, that's not going to happen unless you guys want it to happen. And so you pray for that, and you tell, you talk to Jesus about the people on this campus, and you talk to people on this campus about Jesus. Now we're going to look at a similar scripture today, okay? so similar scripture today. We're going to look at Acts 1. And the goal of what we're studying tonight is to understand how we, the people, the 80-something people in this room here tonight, are to live in the aftermath of the life and death and resurrection of the most influential person who's ever lived, Jesus Christ. There's nobody who has ever come close to having the kind of influence uh, in this world that Jesus did. And so, as we look at Acts 1, we're, gonna, we're, we're looking at it so that we have somewhat of an understanding of what God has planned for the people in this room of, what of how we're supposed to live in fall semester 2018. God has a plan for how you guys are going to live this semester. He's got a plan for that. So, let's look. At Acts 1, verse 1, and this is what is written. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, at least not yet, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John, speaking of John the Baptist, he baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord... Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I want you guys to understand the kind of the, the place where this fits in the big picture. You guys remember we talked about, about what happened in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, God had a plan for this nation of Israel to represent him so that the, ultimately all the nations of the, of the world would understand his greatness. Now, they didn't do a great job, as you guys notice, if you guys remember the history. And so God took them out of the land, took them all out of the land. Seventy years later, he brought a few of them back to rebuild the temple. There were still people in the land at the time when Jesus came. But in that period of time, there was about 400 430 years or so, where there was kind of this, from the end of the Old Testament to the time when Jesus starts his ministry. And so, when Jesus starts his ministry, we've got four books of the New Testament that talk about that. We call them, what do we call those four books? The Gospels, right? It means the good news. The good news of Jesus and those books are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Okay, and then right after John, we get a book that's, that's what we're reading right here is the book of Acts. Now, why do we call it Acts? <laughs> what? It's the stuff they did. It's the, good. Shakita says, it's the stuff they did. That's exactly right. It's the, it's the stuff they did. The book of Acts, the, what, an, an act is something you do. Okay? So, the stuff, that, who did? The disciples, the apostles. You're right. Okay. It's really, guys, I think the best way for you to understand what the book of Acts is all about is the stuff that Jesus continued through his spirit to do using those people who had followed him okay this is still the story of, of what Jesus is doing it's the acts of the apostles yeah but it's, but but beyond that it's really the acts it's, it's the doings of Jesus in his people now let me ask you guys this who wrote the book of Acts okay Luke right okay do, Dr. Luke wrote the book of Acts Dr. Luke also wrote another book what book did he write you guys are smart. So, so the book of Acts is a sequel to Luke. And uh, who, who was the book of Luke and the book of Acts written to? Theophilus. We just read it here. Theophilus. Now, most likely, Theophilus is probably a real guy's name. But there's some question about that. Now, what I want you to think about is the, the, think of the work that Dr. Luke put into his research to be able to write the book of Luke and the sequel, the book of Acts. I mean, he is, a, he is an amazing historian. He's got the dates and the places and the times right. I mean, there's, there's, there's no ancient history, and I've read those histories, and some of them are really good, but there's no ancient history that's as accurate as, the, as Dr. Luke wrote this history, this account of what Jesus did before he died and was resurrected, and what he did through his apostles after he died and resurrected. So he, think about the work that he did to write these two books for a guy named Theophilus. I mean, how much do you have to love somebody to do that kind of research? I mean, it was, um, unless this was his Ph.D. professor or something where he's, like, doing it. But it wasn't. This is somebody. He's writing this, these two accounts because he cares about this guy he cares about theophilus and isn't that isn't that the way that that jesus teaches us to be think about jesus leaving when he tells the parable of leaving the 99 to go find one lost sheep and i just just think about you you're you're here tonight because somebody reached out to you now they, they didn't have to spend years researching something and getting all the documents together and writing something on papyrus they just said, hey, why don't you come to the cornerstone? And you're like, oh, okay, whatever, I'll come. But I want you guys to see the heart of Dr. Luke in this thing. He's writing this for a guy. But but it goes beyond that. Because if you, when you find out what Theophilus' name is, you realize that this wasn't just written to one guy. Theophilus means, does anybody know? Theo means what? God. And Philo means? Friend, love or friendship, love. You know, basically, his name is friend of God. So, it's not, it's not absolutely positive that this, this is a guy's name. What What. What. Dr. Luke may be saying is, you, friend of God. Anybody who wants to be a friend of God, you're the person that I'm writing to. And so I just want to pass that on to you guys, that, that what Dr. Luke wrote in these accounts is written, sure, it's written to one guy named Theophilus, but it's written to you if you're a friend of God. And I want you to think about what his motivation in doing all this research and writing was for. And To do that, let's just flip back to Luke 1. I want you guys to look at Luke 1, verse 1, and see what his heart is here. And he describes how he does this thing. Luke 1, verse 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. He said there's been lots of other people writing about Jesus. Writing about Jesus wasn't just meant." Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the early days, there were so many people who were writing about what he did. Some of those people were followers, of and some of them were trying to mess up what he had taught. But so many people had written, and he said, I'm, I wanted to, to do something more. So just as they were handed down to us by those who, from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning... It seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, or friend, you, my friend of God, so that, here's the reason, here's his motivation to do this, so that what? So that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. You guys, you know, some of you guys are just starting at UTA over here, and your world is about to be blasted by people who think Christianity is stupid. And I want you guys to know the certainty of the things that you've been taught and what Dr. Luke says, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is, he says, that you can know the certainty of the things that you were taught by what he's written here. That's why we went through, that's why we spent three years going through Luke. And that's why we're going through Acts chapter 1 tonight. and We'll see how far we get. But that's his reason. So that you will know for certainty, that these things are true, these things that you've been taught. I guess that's my reason for being here too. Because I'm not—I'm not pastor at Grace Community Church or at the Cornerstone just because it's fun or just because I needed a job. I'm here because I'm convinced. Because we are in a, in a campaign to change the world, and I'm trying to recruit you to be a part of this thing that God's doing. And I want you to know for with certainty, the truth of the things that you were taught. So let's look at verse one here. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all the things that Jesus began to do and teach. Guys, would you would you do this for me? Would you circle if you got your own Bible? Would you circle the word begin? We just finished studying the book of Luke. I think we wrapped up Luke about three months ago. And we've done some other things in the meantime. But we talked in the book of Luke all about the things that were recorded, about what Jesus did and what he taught. And what Luke tells us here is that all those things that Jesus did and all those things that Jesus taught, guess what, guys? He says it was just the beginning. And Jesus was just getting started. Guys, I want you to put this in your mind. The things that Jesus did and the things that he taught, that was the, the, the first paragraph of the first page of the huge history that God is writing using the people at the cornerstone. Jesus is doing his work, through his people, by his Holy Spirit, and he's been doing it for the past 2,000 years, doing the same kinds of things that he started doing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and teaching the same kind of things that he taught in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Jesus and the, Jesus isn't done yet, and the proof of it is you guys are here tonight. You guys are here tonight, and he, the, the Holy Spirit of God is teaching you, and he's doing things in your heart just like he was doing back then. So, now circle those words, circle the next words. Would you circle the word do, and would you circle the word teach? All the things that Jesus began to do and teach. So I want you guys to think about, is there any summary in Luke about what Jesus wanted to do? Think back, way back, chapter 4. Chapter 4, you guys remember Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. He, he proves the devil that he has the power to withstand temptation. And the devil finally leaves him. And, and what's the first thing he does after he comes back out of the wilderness? After his temptation? He goes to, to his hometown, Nazareth, where I wish you, where I could take you guys. Because um, there's still a synagogue there. It's probably not the same building. But uh, you go there. He went there. And he, he reads his mission statement from Isaiah 61. And this is what he reads. Okay. And as we read this, so I want you guys to think about, just listen to me. And think about the theme of what Jesus' mission statement was. Okay? Okay, Luke 4.18, Jesus, Jesus is in the temple, I mean, sorry, in the synagogue, opening the scroll of Isaiah 61, and this is what he reads: The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Okay, did you guys hear what I just said? That's what Jesus read as his mission statement, just before he embarks in a campaign to take over the governments of the world. That is what Jesus was doing. That is what he is doing. He, planted, he is establishing himself as the king of this planet. So, he, so how, how, what does he say? How? Do, what's his mission statement? His mission statement, in a nutshell, is what did he say? Yeah, did he say preach the good news right there? He says he does say preach the good news. Proclaim the good news to who? To the poor. So it's, it's, about, it's about the good news. He what what i want you guys to, to to see there in this part where jesus proclaims his mission statement is that the good news is that he has come to destroy injustice in this world and to establish justice and equity for all people do you guys catch that i mean that's what's at the heart of god the reason that jesus that jesus is setting up a kingdom in this world is because the kingdoms of this world including the united states of america sorry don't work it doesn't work. Now, we're, you know, America's a great country, and it's maybe worked better than anything we've ever had before. But compared to what God has in mind for equality and justice for all people, that justice would reign, it's not working. But Jesus came to establish a kingdom where the poor would be equal to the rich, where prisoners would be set free, where people who are blind spiritually and physically would have a chance to re- release those people who are oppressed. Guys, we cry out for justice. Jesus came to establish justice. That's what Jesus came to do. So when Luke, Dr. Luke says, in my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus did. He's talking about Jesus' campaign to abolish, abolish injustice in this world. And then what, what did Jesus come to teach? And you said it there. Shoshana said it already. What did he come to teach? The good news. The good news. The good news. I mean, in, in if, we won't look there right now, but in Luke 8, when he, he, it says he goes to all these villages. And in every village, what's he teaching? The good news of the kingdom, exactly. It's all about the kingdom. I mean, the good news, if I ask you guys what the good news is, you're like, well, I, that means that even though I'm a rotten sinner, I have been, my sins have been paid for and I can go to heaven when I die. And okay, that's true. But the the message of the good news that Jesus proclaimed was the message of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom is this, guys, that the, that the the world has been in darkness under the rule of bad rulers and now the king has come to knock those rulers out and establish himself as king so that all people will experience the kind of world that god intended that's god's plan that's the message of the kingdom it's a message of governments establishing the government of god and i know we were just like wait, wait, wait. That, that sounds that sounds weird to us but the, when jesus came along talk about a kingdom It sounded like heresy. It sounded like treason to the people who heard what he was talking about. Okay, let's look at verse 2. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all the things that Jesus began to do and teach. Sorry, that was verse 1. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions. You guys circle that. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Okay, what were the instructions that he gave them? What were the instructions about? It's so like, if you, guys, if you guys aren't already volunteering in the coffee shop, re- Luke, raise your hand. Where's Luke? Luke? Okay. Luke's somewhere somewhere back here. But Luke runs the coffee shop, and if you are willing to become a bar- barista, he'll train you how to do it. He'll give you all kinds of instructions so that he doesn't have to be there doing it every day. Okay? So, if you're not already serving in the coffee shop, serve. It's a great way, It's a great way to be a part of what we're doing. He's going to give you instructions because he's got in mind the way that he wants the coffee shop run. Jesus gave instructions before he left because he had in mind the way that he wanted this planet to be run and expected you guys to set up that kingdom. The instructions that he gave people were instructions on what the kingdom of God is like and how you are, are supposed to set it up. And so who did he give these? Who did he give these instructions to? Look at verse 2. To the apostles, whom he had, what does it say? Chosen apostles that he's chosen. Now look at verse three, and after his suffering, he showed himself to these men, and gave many convincing proofs, and he appeared to them over a period of forty days. Okay, these these apostles, these uh, somebody said disciples, these men that God had taught that Jesus was teaching were people that. That First of all, I want you guys to write this down if you're taking notes. You guys ought to take notes because otherwise you'll forget what we're talking about. Jesus chose these guys. Jesus chose them. You guys understand this. Jesus chose these guys. These guys weren't people that were self-appointed, like woke up one morning and thought, I think I'll be an apostle. (laughs) They didn't think like that. These were guys that Jesus had handpicked. They weren't chosen by some church committee or church board. They were chosen by Jesus himself. So first of all, I want you guys to remember, Jesus chose these guys. Secondly, Jesus, write this down. Jesus revealed himself to these guys. Jesus spent time with them. He spent time with them. He spent lots of time with them. Acts 1.3 says that after he was resurrected from the dead, he spent 40 days with just them, teaching them, talking with them. They touched him. They ate with him. They camped out with him. They asked him questions. They probably argued with him. Jesus revealed himself to them. So Jesus chose them. Jesus chose these 12 guys. Jesus revealed himself to them. Thirdly, would you guys write this down? Jesus gave these guys an assignment to carry out. He wasn't just being nice to them, He's like, I've called you guys. And I've revealed myself to you. And I've taught you because I've got a plan for you guys to do something. you want my assignment? And they're like, oh, I don't know. But he gave them an assignment to do. We're going to talk about that. Acts 1.8. He says, so just a few verses later, he, this is his assignment. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. He's like, okay, guys, here's your assignment. You guys are going to be my witnesses. You guys know the witnesses? What's a witness? Yeah, I mean, he does. He, what he says is, you guys, you, you guys gonna be my witnesses. In, in other words, you guys, just gonna, you're gonna tell what you've seen and experienced. That's what you're gonna do, and you're gonna do that in Jerusalem, and then in Judea, and then in Samaria, and ultimately you're gonna do that in, on the UTA campus. They were gonna be his representatives on this planet. They were gonna, guys. I want you to think about what, what, what it means to represent Jesus. That means you represent Jesus. These guys' job, these guys' job was to represent Jesus to the world. That means they'd tell what they had experienced. That's what a testimony is. That's what we do at testimony time here. Because when you guys do testimony, if you guys never share with anybody what Jesus has done for you, then we want you to practice that, and we want you to practice it right here. You have four and a half minutes to do it. Should we do that right now? No, we don't have enough time. Okay, Get ready to do it, because every Thursday night we've got people who stand up here and talk about what Jesus has done for them. That's a testament. We don't want you to argue theology with the people across the street. We don't, you want, we don't want you to argue the age of the earth. We want you to tell those people what Jesus did for you. Okay, So the, this is what Jesus, Jesus gave them an assignment to tell the world what they'd experienced. And fourth thing about these guys and their relationship with Jesus, fourth thing is that Jesus promised to give them power from the Holy Spirit. Again, in Acts 1.8, he tells them, you will receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Sometimes we try to live with power without the Holy Spirit. You get the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So Jesus not only gave them an assignment, he gave them a way to complete the assignment by giving them everything that they needed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit differently. Let's talk about let's. I want to talk to you guys. I want to talk. I want to talk to you, each one of you, as you think about you being here tonight and your purpose in being a part of this cornerstone thing. Why you came here tonight? Why you came to UTA? Why you came to Arlington? First of all, just like those twelve guys, Jesus chose you. Guys, r- write that down. Just say. Would you, in fact, just would you say it? Say Jesus chose me. Some of you guys didn't say that. Some of you guys are too cool to talk when I say you "Guys, This is all participation stuff, okay? The seats are free, but you got to participate. If you don't believe it, don't say it. But if you believe it, I want everybody to say, Jesus chose me. Say, Jesus chose me. Yes. Okay, and, 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 you know, we're told that in Ephesians 1, he chose you when? Before the creation of the world. He chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. I want you guys to think about this. You're here tonight. Because Jesus called you, he chose you to be a part of his kingdom. You might think it was just coincidence that somebody invited you here, or that this happened to be the ministry that God, that, that you ran into. He goes, You're here tonight because Jesus chose you. Jesus chose you. You're here because he's chosen you to be a part of his family, to be a part of his army. You don't wake up one morning and say, I think I'm going to follow Jesus. Jesus, if you thought that, it was because Jesus was calling you. He was calling you to himself. I want you to think about what it means that the king of the universe chose you. You guys remember what it was like when you were kids playing basketball or soccer or football? And it was like, okay, guys, let's play football. And the biggest guy said, okay, I'm captain. And he chose the second biggest guy, and he said, he's captain too, right? You guys remember this? So you have the two biggest guys, they call, they say they're captains, and then they rock, paper, scissors, and the first guy chooses the third biggest guy, right? And then you're just going, please, please, please don't let me be chosen last because I feel so stupid right now. Right? You guys remember this feeling? The feeling of like, is, is please choose please choose me. And then it's like, Steve, come on. And it's like whew. You guys remember? Or you guys remember walking in the lunchroom? ninth grade, first day of high school, it's not as bad first day of college, right? Walking walk in the lunchroom, first day of high school, and you're like, I wonder who I'm going to sit with. And then somebody's like, hey, Steve, we got your seat right here. And you're like, oh, do you guys remember the feeling? You know, I think it's why people like the Cornerstone. You can come in here almost any day or night, and even if everybody else treated you bad out there, you come in here and almost everybody knows your name. I think that's why this place is so cool. But that feeling of They chose me. They knew my name. (coughs) The king of the universe chose you. He knows your name. He invited you to come and sit with him. He invited you to be part of his team. Okay. He chose you. Second thing, would you guys write this down also? Jesus has revealed himself to you. But you guys say that? Jesus has revealed himself to me. Jesus himself. And some of you are thinking, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Oh, he should reveal himself to me. I oh, wish he'd come right down here and talk to me, and I'd want to tell him what I really think of Him and ask him why he's allowed all these bad stuff in my life to happen. I oh, wish he'd talk to me. You know why you wish that he'd talk to you? Because he's revealed himself to you. Because if he hadn't revealed himself to you, you wouldn't be thinking about him. If he hadn't revealed himself to you, you wouldn't be here tonight. You're like, oh, come on. I came here tonight because my friend told me to come. No, you he came here tonight because he is revealing himself to you right now, right here tonight, August 23rd, 2018. He is revealing himself to you at the cornerstone, and you know that his, that his voice is being spoken in your heart tonight. He has revealed himself to you. He is revealing himself to you he will continue to reveal himself to you and every frustration that you've had in life, every tear that you've shed, your whole story of life, all, the, the, all within all that, the longing that you, was in your heart. You know what that longing came from? Your dog doesn't feel that same longing. That longing is the God-sized, the God-shaped hole in your heart longing for him. And that in itself is proof that he's revealed himself to you. how do you find him? If he's, if, you, if, you've, if you've had that, I mean, you, if you felt that, God, I wish I could know you, you just ask him. Because he promises, he promises that anybody who asks, receives, whoever seeks, finds, and whoever knocks, the door will be open. And a lot of us give up too easily, thinking, he didn't reveal himself to me, and I give up. Nobody goes away empty-handed if they want him. So what I'm asking you guys to do tonight is to say, God, whatever revelation you've given me, I want more. And I don't want anybody to be saying, I got enough of you. Not one person should say, I've got enough. Because the most satisfying thing in life you'll find is knowing him and wanting to know him more. The dissatisfaction of not knowing him as bad as you want to know him is actually satisfaction itself. If you can catch that. Wanting him is satisfying. And he says that he's revealed himself to you and he revealed himself to you more if you just will ask for it. Okay, so first of all, God chose, Jesus chose you. Jesus has revealed himself to you. And thirdly, Jesus has given you, just like those guys, just like those 12 guys, Jesus has given you an assignment to carry out. Jesus has given you an assignment. Would you guys say that with me? Jesus gave me an assignment. Some of you guys think this is not all, all participation. Guys, again, if you're, if you're going to be here, you got got to use our air conditioning. you got to participate, okay? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, you know, we want people who are all in. So, And if you don't believe it, that's okay. That's okay. If you don't believe that Jesus is giving you assignment, that's okay. It's okay to be here and be trying to figure this out. You just can't be here. You just can't be here and pretend that you're in and you're not. Okay? Does that make sense? Are we are we together with that? Okay. So Jesus has given you guys an assignment to carry out. Think about this. God did not make you for no purpose. Nobody ever makes nothing for no purpose. I mean, has it you ever found an inventor that's like, "I here's this cool thing that I made." You're like, "What's it for?" And it's like. It's not for anything. Right? I mean, everything that anybody makes is for a purpose, and God made you, and he made you for a purpose, and that purpose he wants to accomplish in this world through your life. Just like Juliet just spoke, she said it was her verse. It's interesting that your verse is so many other people's verse, too. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for evil to give you and the people around you a future and a hope you know what God's got a purpose for your life he created you for a pur- purpose and that's jeremiah 29 11. same thing in ephesians 2 10 for you my friends at the cornerstone are god's workmanship created in christ jesus to do good things god created you to do something really good god's got a plan for you for the next 60 years he's got a plan for you for the next six hours God has an assignment for you tomorrow on UTA campus or at Starbucks or wherever it is that you work. He's got an assignment for your life. And ultimately, we together have an assignment of establishing His kingdom on this planet. Not just taking His kingdom and l- letting us live in a little huddle, a little holy huddle, but to be a part of, div- of building His kingdom in this world on this campus. I'm serious. We're, we're here for a purpose, we're here on assignment. We're here on mission, and we're taking the campus for for Jesus. Jesus' name will be famous on UT campus. We have an assignment. We have an assignment. Would you guys say it with me one more time? We have an assignment. We have an assignment because Jesus deserves it. Our motivation is to give Jesus what he paid for with his blood. Yesterday, I met with a couple who had met here at the Cornerstone standing right there. They were standing right over there several years ago, and... They got married several years ago, so I met with him yesterday, and uh, we had a good talk. But the, the the guy was talking about this business endeavor that he's really trying to get off the ground, and he said to me, he said, he said, failure. He said the definition of failure is the inability to achieve your goals and dreams. How many think that's a good definition? I said, brother. I mean, this guy was this guy this guy was in the cornerstone for a long time, and I said, brother. You've forgotten what you learned. Failure is not the inability to fulfill your own goals and dreams. The f- failure, the definition of failure is the inability for you to fulfill God's goals and dreams for your life. Because God has a plan for what your life is going to be. And you can fulfill all your goals and dreams and miss that and fail. As I'm speaking to you tonight. As you think about what, you, what you're shooting for. Some I mean of you are starting college now because you've got plans for the future. Success is your fulfillment of what God has made you for. And I don't know all that that is, but you can be successful in the world's eyes and fail miserably if you fulfill your goals and dreams and other people's goals and dreams, but do not fulfill the dream of God and the assignment of God that he has put on your life. Jesus has an assignment for you. I'm asking you guys to believe that. So Jesus chose you. Jesus revealed himself to you. Jesus has given you an assignment, and just like those 12 people, Jesus has promised to give you, you, each of you, power through his Holy Spirit so that everything that you need for carrying out that assignment will be given to you. Do you guys understand? The reason for him to give you the power of the Holy Spirit is so that you can do the things that he's called you to do, so you can fulfill your assignment. The way that you carry out your assignment is not by trying to be stronger tomorrow. The way that you carry out your assignment is not with your own strength or being so smart. The way you carry out your assignment is by living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you guys don't have what it takes to be successful. I want to say that. You don't have what it takes to be successful. I don't have what it takes to be successful. You don't have what it takes to be successful unless you have Him. You don't have what it takes to get through this semester. Unless you have him. You don't have what it takes to get the job that you're supposed to have or to do the work that you're supposed to have unless you have him. He is the solution. His spirit living in you. He is the answer. He's the answer. We can talk about Bible stuff. We can study theology. We can do all this stuff. Guys, we need Jesus' spirit in us. And Jesus tells us, the Bible tells us how we get his spirit, how we get the power of his spirit. Do you guys want to know what what it is? I think you guys already know. But let's just look at one more verse, and then we're going to stop here. Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 says this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of, of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Words, the Holy Spirit will live in you if. Look what it said. Say it again. Repent, Repent and be Finish the sentence. Repent and be baptized in the, na- in the name of Jesus. Guys, I understand what this means. This is not an earning, like if I'm baptized, then I get the Holy Spirit. This is repent- repentance and be baptized in the name of Jesus is the same thing. It's two sides of the same coin. It's saying, I'm going to stop living for myself, and I am throwing myself into the name of Jesus. Now, that we symbolize that by putting people in water. And that's important to make that step of, like, hey, if you're serious about following Jesus, and you haven't been baptized, show the world that you're serious about following Jesus by getting baptized. Just like I wear my wedding ring. That doesn't make me married. That shows the world that I'm married. Do You guys understand? So if you haven't been baptized, get baptized in water. But the, but the, but the offering of the Holy Spirit isn't like, okay, if we stick you under water, you get the Holy Spirit. The offering of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to anybody who says, I'm, you know what baptism means? Soaking, right? I'm soaking myself in the name of Jesus, the identity of Jesus. Guys, what we're doing this semester is we're soaking this building and the community that meets in this building in the identity of Jesus, and the result of that is going to be power, and the power that we experience here because of our soaking in the identity of Jesus is going to affect the campus and affect the world, and I can't wait. So one of the things that I'm asking you guys to do is, again, we call this the merge because this is we got all these small groups that meet during the week, and on Thursday we merge those small groups. So. What we do on the first Thursday night of the semester is we have a small group lunch, so all the small group leaders, would you guys come up stand up here, and they're going to each talk for about 20 seconds, and then you're going to chance to meet them for a couple seconds, and then we're going to go do Fruit Ninja out in the lawn. the lawn. <laughs>